We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. It's Chrysomania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man, oh, with the powerful you. questions. <laughs> Woo! This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet! All right, welcome to the Chris Van Vliet Show, and thank you for joining us on another audio adventure. If it's your first time here, I am obsessed with finding out what makes successful people so successful. And on each episode, we have in-depth conversations and reverse engineer the habits and techniques of the world's top athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, you name it. If they are the best at what they do, I want to get their insight and help you apply it to your own life. And you want to talk about insight. We get all kinds of insight in this conversation with Don Callis. I mean, here's a guy who started in the wrestling business in 1989, so 32 years ago, and he's worked as a wrestler, a manager, a commentator. He's also currently the co-executive vice president of Impact Wrestling, along with Scott Demore. He's seen it all, from WWF to ECW to New Japan to Impact Wrestling. Of course, he now has this thing going on with Kenny Omega in AEW, and he has a lot to say about that. He also has a lot to say just about the state of the wrestling business as a whole right now. So take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Vliet, wherever you can tag me. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. And Don is at the Don Callis on Twitter and at Don.Callis on Instagram. And over the next week or two, you're going to be seeing those changes here on the podcast that I've been talking about since last year, like the last few months I've been talking about this, we're going to have a new name that's more reflective of what this show is all about. Sure, it's called The Chris Van Vliet Show, but that doesn't make any sense because this show is not about me. This show is all about my guests, and I want a name that's reflective of what the show is actually about. So you'll be seeing a new name, a new logo, 
some new music, but that's it. Everything else remains the same. We're going to have these deep, insightful conversations with thought-provoking questions where you can see a new side of these people that you've never seen before. So keep an eye out for that. If you're not subscribed yet, subscribe now so you don't miss out on what we're working on here. And if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be so great. We're heading towards that goal of 2,000 reviews by my birthday, May 19th, and we're, we're going to crush that goal. But we can't do it without your help. We can't do it without reviews like this one from Halden365 Flicks across the pond in the UK. Name a better interviewer. I'll wait. That's what this, that's what this review is titled. The level of respect this man has gained from the people who matter within the industry is truly remarkable. Vague goals, vague results. CVV inspired me to start a podcast, and now I'm dabbling in the YouTube as well. I only want to improve, and CVV, you're living proof that you can always improve. Well, thank you for that, Halden365 Flicks. And thank you for helping us to get to this goal of 2,000 reviews before my birthday. Like you said, vague goals get vague results, right? And congratulations on your podcast and your YouTube channel. You're doing it, man. And I would have to think that vague goals get vague results applies to Don Callis with how very specific he's been with both the direction of Impact Wrestling and also this storyline that he's in right now with Kenny Omega. So without further ado, because I mean, who likes further adoos? Who likes, who's like, you know what? We know what we need right now. We need more adoos. No. Please welcome Don Callis. There he is, Don Callis, ladies and gentlemen. And, you know, a lot of eyeballs on you as we head into Hard to Kill. You've been, you've been definitely stirring things up in the wrestling industry. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Kenny and I have a lot of plans and, and kind of, um, you know, what people are seeing, I guess, from a national television perspective is just kind of the fruition of those things. And um, we take great pride in the fact that when people think that they've kind of seen the apex of it, um, you know, we try to do something different, take it to the next level. I think that fans have this idea in this world of wrestling now where they think they know what's going on. And you've kind of turned that on its head. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I don't, I don't set out with any of these things, you know, uh, to try to fool anybody or to say, oh, how can I make a good be part of a good story. I don't care about stories. Um, it's, uh, I have no interest in the wrestling business in terms of what traditionally, I guess people like, Oh, I love wrestling or I like to do it this way. It's like, I don't care about matches. I don't care about ratings. I care about history, frankly. And I think, uh, Kenny and I have changed history a couple of times now and we're not done and there's more to come. So people have to, they don't have to actually, they can choose to tune in and, check it out. So far they have been, and that's been good. When you first showed up on AEW and you were doing guest commentary, I think that was a big surprise to a lot of people. What did you think the reaction would be seeing the intermingling of inter, uh, Impact Wrestling and AEW? I guess uh, I think Kenny and I have been unique in the business in the sense that we don't tend to... Um, look at the business through the lens of corporate structure or the traditional old carny rules of pro wrestling. So um, to me, Impact, AEW, they're just, it's just people. And, you know, Kenny Omega is a god among insects. It's uh, 
comparing Kenny Omega to anyone else in the wrestling business is frankly ridiculous. So um, we're just different. And whether we were playing this out in pro wrestling or in some other uh, industrial platform, I think it wouldn't really matter, frankly. We'd still be successful in, in what we're trying to do. Well, you and Kenny have known each other for a long, long time. I mean, you yeah. met him when he was 10 years old. So take me back to the first time that you met him. Um, well, uh, Kenny's uncle was a guy named the Golden Sheik, and he was a wrestler in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, he was my trainer. And uh, after he had trained me, he was my manager. And uh, he introduced me to his nephew, who was a cute little 10-year-old kid. And uh, the nephew kind of attached himself to us and, and followed us around and wanted to be a wrestler. And um, the Sheik had looked after me very much in a way that uh, is not typical in the wrestling business. So I tried to you know, mentor Kenny in various areas of his life, including his pro wrestling career. And I've been there for him and he's been there for me ever since after the Sheik died in 07, really what we had was each other. So when you first got into the business, what were the goals that you had in wrestling? If you, if you were to look at a couple of promos I did uh, in WWF in 97, um, I was, I think the first person maybe, um, one of the first people anyway, to, to come out as I was total unknown. And I came out in one of my first promos I did in front of live raw was called not calling out a wrestler. I called out Vince McMahon. I said that I wanted to run the world wrestling federation. I wanted to run the wrestling business and people thought, Oh, that's an interesting kind of bullet point or whatever. Um, but it was true. I never had an interest in being a pro wrestling manager or being a color commentator. Um, I wanted to be the person pulling the strings. Mm. I was 29 years old when I said that. And I don't think the time was right. Vince McMahon was clearly not a guy who was going to allow other people into the tent. They had, they had offered me jobs to move to Stanford on, I think, three different occasions, which I turned down. But uh, that's always been the goal. It's, you know, you don't want to be the person acting in the movie. You probably want to be the studio that or the, the person that finances the studio that finances the movie. So, uh, Yeah, it's a deep cut on that one. What, what were these jobs in Stanford that you were offered? Being a part of creative. I was, uh, uh, as I recall, I was one of the first people ever to, I, I wrote six weeks of television for Kurgan to try to get him to a, to a different level. And I wrote it out in a week by week format. That would be fairly common now in 1997. It was pretty unheard of for a wrestler to, uh, to write out a creative in the way of a kind of a formatting that we do now today when we write episodic TV. So, um, that was new and different. And they were like, Oh, maybe you should be on creative. And, uh, I did not want to be boxed into, you know, working in a cubicle for anyone in any office, anywhere, doing anything. So I just uh, kind of pushed back and said, that's, you know, that's not why I signed here. I signed here to be a wrestler. And uh, ultimately that, that didn't work out, but we're all a product of our time in the business. So all of those things, I think, grow us as people. Well, this might be a little bit of foreshadowing you saying that you wanted to be the one pulling the strings behind the scenes because fast forward 20 years and you are the guy pulling the strings at Impact Wrestling. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't like to limit it just to impact wrestling. I think, um, the invisible hand has had a role in shaping. I mean, 
what Kenny Omega and I have done is what everyone's been talking about for weeks now. And now, last night on Dynamite, we did it again. Put the, put the club back together. No one thought that could happen. So the invisible hand hasn't stopped. The invisible hand doesn't do this for accolades or for ratings. I do it so that we can change the business and shock people. And um, so I don't like to limit myself just in terms of the scale of Impact Wrestling. It's a great company. But I see the whole industry as the sandbox of uh, Kenny Omega and Don Callis. I've, I've talked before that, and I've take, we've taken some criticism for saying we're gods among insects, but if you, I'm trying to make a point, which is that we just think on a completely different, higher level. Most people think of week to week, uh, show to show, oh, well, what are we going to do to pop a rating? Or, you know, who got over on this show? Kenny and I don't care about those things. So I think that... Uh, we really are thinking on a different plane. And that's the cool thing is, is when you're doing that, then no one can compete with you. Have you always thought this way, not just about the wrestling business, but it, business in general? Have you always tried to think outside the box? I think that uh, I learned a long time ago that you one should not define oneself by one's job. Because first of all, that's a pretty shallow pool. Uh, it's pretty trite. Um, jobs come and go through no fault of your own. And if you say, I'm the best accountant in Baltimore, Maryland, or wherever, um, well, what happens if there's not a need for accountants anymore? Now, where's your value? So I don't define myself as a pro wrestler or a commentator or an executive. Um, I have to be happy within myself with who I am. And that way, uh, I can always look inside myself and say, I'm okay with this, even if I'm no longer a commentator, I'm no longer an executive, I'm no longer a postman, a barista, whatever it is. Um, but most people do define themselves by their place on the card or how much money they make. And uh, Money, uh, you know, there's a lot of reading. There's a great book called The Blue Book of Happiness that talks about Money impacts people's happiness up to the magic number is about $70,000 a year because that they, through research, they've looked and said, that's how much you need to be able to pay your bills and live. Beyond that, it doesn't exponentially increase your happiness, actually. So, um, but we're all, we're all wired for that. We're all wired to say, uh, I got a promotion at work. I'm a better person. I've had lots of promotions. Didn't make me happier in some cases made me miserable. So um, that's just how Kenny and I look at it. We don't look at ourselves as part of the wrestling business. And I guess that makes us unique. Sounds like Kenny might be calling you right now. Uh, Kenny, Kenny and I don't need to call. We, <laughs> we know what each other are thinking. Don, who would you say has been the most influential person in your career? I would say uh, probably there's been uh, there's probably been three, I would say. Uh, Kenny's uncle, the Golden Sheik, for sure. Um, Bad News Allen, who uh, kind of took on my training after the Sheik uh, moved on. And, uh, and then Paul Heyman in ECW, you know. And um, it's, uh, it's, I've been happy for Paul that he's had the success that he's had because he's a very talented, hardworking guy. Did a lot for me. Um, there's been people that have been now comparing us and they, I think it's an unfair comparison for Paul because you know, Paul is a, 
tremendous wrestling performer, a character on a television show, and he does a wonderful job of that. Um, I'm not a character. I am the essence of who I am. And what I do is done at a much higher level than what characters like like Paul, with all due respect to him, do. Um, as I say, I hate to keep going back to it, but it is, if you have the wrestling uh, business here, think of it like a child's ant farm that they okay. have, a plastic box. And the ants are all moving around and they're tunneling and they're reproducing and they're protecting the queen and they're building their nest. And the adult is looking down at this science experiment and the ants are completely oblivious to the day-to-day machinations of the adult. Kenny and I are that adult looking down on the insects of the science experiment. The people in the business are completely oblivious to everything that we do and everything that we think and everything that we will do. But it doesn't mean that we can't, with one fell swoop, press down on that science experiment and change it. So that's the difference between me and Paul, among other things. So are we just scratching the surface of what you and Kenny have planned in the wrestling business? Um, I think if one thing that we've tried to show people is don't limit your thinking. Um, I love when people talk about dream matches. It's such a pathetic uh, dreaming small, oh, I'd love to see this match. I mean, think bigger. And I think that Kenny and I are anywhere close to being finished with what we're doing, not anywhere close to being finished. So, you know, you mentioned, you mentioned Paul Heyman, you mentioned ECW. That's where I first became aware of you playing Cyrus the virus. Where did the, I mean, obviously the influence was being a TNN executive there. That was the idea there, but where did the uh, idea for the day to day, the week to week come from for that character? So there's an interesting backstory to that. Um, I I came up with the idea of doing something different that leveraged a real-life difficult situation with the network. Um, at the same time, I had made friends with a couple of the executives there. And uh, I had pitched a few ideas. There used to be a show called Dallas that was a very famous show in the 80s. Right. And they used, TNN used to run the reruns. And I had successfully pitched a Dallas with Callus monthly marathon of Dallas, a 24-hour loop where myself and one of the stars of Dallas would talk about the show because I was a subject matter expert because I always looked at Dallas as a wrestling show, the way that they wrote it, heels, baby faces. So it was germane to what we were thinking in the 90s. And so I pitched this idea, which got me even closer to the network legitimately. And uh, that caused some problems internally for me because I think that Paul and others did not have a great relationship with the network, but I did on a legitimate basis outside of storyline. And uh, so it caused some issues, but ultimately I think that, um, you know, the portrayal of that character uh, was, uh, you know, was, I think Paul had a lot to do with it in terms of saying, Hey, I think once he saw, Hey, there's something here to this office thing. I think Paul then looked and said, okay, how can we really turn the volume up? character to get maximum heat because we know that the the fans don't like the network so it was a joint kind of a collaboration where paul and i worked together creatively in a non-formal setting you pushed the envelope a lot with that character and i'm curious to know if the network ever pushed back and said 
Don, that's a bit much. Um, I think, uh, I don't know who pitched them stuff, but uh, I know that like we made fun of Roller Jam and <laughs> Rock and Bowl, like some of the yeah. weird shows that they had. But um, they seemed to like it because they, they sent the guy from Rock and Bowl to our show to do something. And uh, so I think that they thought it, at the time, I think they had a very fun loving attitude towards like, oh, well, like, yeah, we have a show where people dance while they bowl, which is wacky. So let's do wacky. There have been comparisons between ECW and AEW, and now you've been in both. Are those comparisons fair? You can't really compare eras. You know, you really can't. I mean, I think that uh, certainly there was FMW before ECW, but I think that, uh, you know, ECW pushed a lot of limits with what they did at the time. And, and I mean, those limits don't exist anymore, of course, because the, the business has just changed so exponentially. So I, I don't think you can compare the two at all. I just want to pause for a second because I know we have a lot of podcasters who listen to the show and a lot of aspiring podcasters as well. And I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, which is a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to that next level. Or if you've always dreamed about hosting a podcast, but you didn't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art. You'll do Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, all kinds of stuff. And you'll also get your show pushed down to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and every other listening platform. The best part about this You can get all this for just $15 a month, which is the same rate that any other hosting site would charge you. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Just for the initial setup, So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you really want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your podcasting experience. But acceptance into the program is pretty limited. So get your application in today. To apply, just go to bwhustle.com slash join. You can also check out the description box of this episode to find out more info. But again, that's bwhustle.com slash join. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. Now, this isn't a crisis line. This isn't self-help. This is professional counseling done securely online. 
There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room with traditional therapy ever again. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash insight and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So the special offer for anybody listening to Insight right now is 10% off your first month. Just go to betterhelp.com slash insight. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash insight. Did you ever have a moment in ECW where you looked at a storyline or a match or maybe something that was very violent and, you know, kind of took a step back and went, I can't believe we're doing this. Um, you know, my thing was that, uh, like, I wasn't, I wasn't going to allow anyone to hit me with a chair or do anything to me because it's, uh, I, I grew up learning how to wrestle in the traditional way. So a lot of that uh, stuff, you know, the, the chairs and the big dives and stuff was, I, I looked at it and went, well, I guess if there's people that enjoy doing it, go ahead and do it. But my big high spot was a standing knee drop. So, you know, that was. <laughs> I think in this era of wrestling, it's very hard to please the fans. You guys are doing stuff that's definitely turning a lot of heads, but do you think there's ever a way to make fans happy? I think um, we get that backwards. I think one has to make oneself happy. And then I can't. It's a, it's a fantasy to think that bookers or anyone else can control how other people react to what we put out there. Um, Chris, I mean, I can't make you react anyway. I can't make you angry or make you sad or make you happy. Whatever I say, I say, and then you take that. You choose to react however you react. So I think part of the problem with, you know, people say, well, why are shows not written better? Why is there no good booking anymore? Whatever people's parlance is. Um, this is for the very reason, you know, wrestlers, bookers, promoters try to please the fans, the customers. You can't make someone feel anything. Put it out there and however they react, they react. And if, and if it doesn't work out, you know, didn't work out for them doesn't mean that you failed, so. Well, it's working out for you right now. And uh, what do you think the end of that Omega-Moxley match would have looked like had you not interfered? Well, it was, I mean, it, it's, it's a hypothetical. It's saying, it's like saying, you know, uh, what if you and I were conducting this interview on top of a Ferris wheel? Um, well, that'd be interesting. It'd be fine. You know, we'd probably enjoy ourselves. Um, I, uh, the finish of that match, the ending was never in doubt. Um, and why I say that is that, you know, this, this plan in some form or fashion has been not years, decades, you know, Kenny and I have talked about taking over the wrestling business since he was a little boy. And, um, 
the plan for him to, at the appropriate moment, fulfill his destiny and become AEW world champion is something that's been in the works for well over a year on a detailed basis. I could have told you, I should have probably done a video because no one would believe me now, but uh, I, uh, I had visualized moment to moment exactly everything that ended up happening uh, at Winter is Coming. And uh, there was no, there was nothing left to chance. It was always going to be that way. And so now people have what they've wanted. They wanted Kenny Omega, the old best bout machine. They wanted to have Kenny Omega be at the forefront of AEW. And now they've got it, but people don't like it because they can't control it. Oh, where's the old Kenny Omega? Well, you were just mm-hmm. complaining about the old Kenny Omega. You know? Um you know, when I came into Impact with Scott Demore, everyone was, oh, these guys are great. The golden executives, they're such good guys. And now all of a sudden I changed the wrestling business for a second time. And, and it's like, oh, Don Callis has manipulated Kenny Omega. Um, you know, Kenny Omega is my family, you know, and people outside of that family dynamic don't understand what that is. And I, I think, uh, but people in our society are very quick to judge uh, the way other people deal with their business. So, Is there a chance that Kenny Omega could hold both, both the AEW championship and the Impact Wrestling championship? <clears throat> you know, look, uh, he's got the AAA Mega championship right now. This is true. Um, I think Kenny Omega, I don't think I know, Kenny Omega's the best wrestler in the world. Second place is not close. So I think Kenny and I, it's if we're interested in something, you know, we go ahead and go after it. We take it. And we, we do it. And uh, that could be any belt. But I, sometimes I think, you know, people think about belts. What is a belt? It's uh, gold and silver, metal, diamonds, leather, whatever. Doesn't mean anything. What means something is the person that holds it. So um, Kenny Omega and I will get down to the granular level of things like belts and money uh, once we get done changing the way people think. I know that the Tokyo Dome was... I don't care about how people spend their money. I care about how they think. Hmm. I know the Tokyo Dome was really instrumental in making all of this happen. Can you take me back to how that all came together and, and what it meant in the world of wrestling? People thought that I got back into the business to be a color commentator with New Japan. They thought that was a great story. Oh, look, he's been under the business for a long time. New Japan was the hot promotion back then, as you recall. Everyone talked about it. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had never watched the product. You know, For all I knew, Antonio Inoki was still the champion. I mean, I had not paid any attention. Didn't know any of the names, didn't know any of the talent. Within two months, you know, many people thought I was the top color commentator in wrestling. And people thought I was very happy about that. I really didn't care. I didn't get back in the business to be a, a commentator on a wrestling show. Um, it was, okay, this is a company that's growing exponentially internationally. I need to look after Kenny's interest and it fits the overall plan. So what we had with New Japan was the correct platform. What we needed was a plan to execute. And so I called my best friend in the wrestling business of 30 years, Chris Jericho, and asked him if he would break every rule he had about never working anywhere other than for Vince McMahon. Um, I asked him if he would break that rule to wrestle someone who was my family. So yes, I pitted my best friend against a family member, if you want to call it that. But in 
thinking way outside the box and then being able to convince Chris of that and then to be able to work to facilitate that match. What we had was the correct platform, which was the Tokyo Dome. And then we got to show people things can change and look what just happened. And uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling made millions of dollars off that match. And, uh, you know, you, you will never hear a thank you or an acknowledgement of what I did for them. And people say, you must be upset. And I say, I'm not upset at all because I didn't do it for them. I did it for Kenny and I helped Chris as well. And for everyone in the wrestling business who got raises because of AEW, because of Chris Jericho going to AEW, Without the Tokyo Dome, Chris Jericho doesn't leave WWE. Chris Jericho probably retires and becomes a bigger rock star than he already is. So the reality is that um, I think the thank you is actually owed to Kenny and I by the the universe that follows pro wrestling, not by a particular Mm. company that made money. You know, that's small thinking. Don, you mentioned leaving the industry, but can you really ever leave the wrestling industry? I'll tell you. I didn't watch one wrestling match for 13 years. Not one? No. Why would I want to? I, uh, it's, um, uh, but, and then people said, well, how could you be so effective getting back into the business having not watched it? Because you go back to the science experiment. It's, it's a kite dancing in a hurricane. It's an ant on the ground. Uh, it's not hard for me to understand. I don't need to have a PhD in astrophysics to understand how pro wrestling works and understand how to pull the strings and manipulate things. Vince McMahon and others haven't had that problem either. It's not a complicated business we're in. Um, But what the business is, is a platform. So even though I never followed it, I always still had a hand, whether it was Omega, whether it was my connection with Chris uh, whether it was you know helping Kenny to put together his tremendous documentary that apparently people in the U.S. have blocked uh, from, from people being able to see it. I blame Tony Khan for that, actually, because I don't understand why. Uh, because Tony doesn't like what happened at Winter is Coming uh, should not mean that he bites off his nose to spite his face and doesn't properly acknowledge what Kenny and I have done. And uh, Tony is a very smart individual, and Tony has been a blessing um, for the people in the wrestling business. Kenny and I don't care about the people, so it's good that Tony does. It's yeah, good to a strong role. Yeah, how does Tony Khan fall into everything that you have going on? Uh, well, I mean, Tony is Tony is someone who I think was surprised by what happened. And I think that... I mean, you screwed him. Well, I did I screw him or did I open his eyes? You know, I think that uh, uh, there's a lot of people when you're as smart and successful as Tony Khan that uh, are sycophantic yes-men who like to tell you what you want to hear. Oh, that's great. Oh, that's great. You can do no wrong. And the wrestling media has done that for Tony as well. And I understand it because, again, he's been a blessing for every all of the, the people uh, in the industry, he's been a blessing. But uh, you know what I did was I didn't act like a yes man. I didn't tell Tony. You can't tell someone like Tony Khan with an IQ over one hundred and sixty. You can't tell Tony Khan 
you're doing this wrong. You better be careful. You better do this because he's only known success. So Tony had to have a failure in order to actually learn and evolve. And here's the other thing. People say failure. I don't consider it a failure. Tony Khan understood that night and understands now this is a whole different business and you can only trust yourself because I suspect there are a lot of people around Tony Khan that told him that he was bulletproof and that nothing like this could ever happen to him. What happened? I suspect Tony won't let it happen again. And he's welcome for that, uh, uh, for that lesson. And, And the other gift I think that Tony got was he got the best wrestler in the world as his world champion. So at the end of the day, be clear, Kenny Omega and I pulled the strings. We control everything. But Kenny is still walking around with the AW World Championship. We're on Tony's show every week. Kenny is Kenny is an artist. Kenny is the world's greatest wrestler. And so Tony has reaped a lot of benefits from this, to be clear. And that's why I don't see it as adversarial. I'm sure there's a lot of things about something that Tony Khan could teach Don Callis. I, I'd love to sit down and have that chat over a cup of tea. It's not personal at all. It really isn't. I don't know if you'll be sharing that cup of tea with Tony Khan anytime soon. The offer's open. We could do it on top of the Ferris wheel if you want. We should. I'll bring some popcorn. Thank be great. Mm-hmm. Don, as we head into Hard to Kill, what can we expect? Well, I think that, you know, you've seen the, the gang back together with uh, Gallows and Anderson and Kenny Omega. I mean, this is pretty unprecedented stuff. You've got the Impact World Tag Team Champions of Good Brothers and Kenny Omega, the AEW World Champion, against Rich Swan, the Impact World Champion, and the Motor City Machine Guns. Great tag team. Legendary tag team. And, uh, you know, I think uh, how often do we see two world champions from two separate companies in the ring at the same time? Uh, that is literally unheard of right now in the industry. So um, I think it's uh, anything can happen, literally. As we've seen, listen, like I've proven it week after week after week. People go, that's it. They're not going to do any more. And then we yeah. do more. So I think Hard to Kill is going to be legendary and, and, and paradigm shifting for all of those reasons. It's been said a lot that we are living in the best time right now to be a wrestling fan. In your opinion, is 2021 the best time to be a wrestling fan? Well, I don't, God, it's, 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 I don't trying to be difficult here. It's a difficult question because I don't even know what it is to be a wrestling fan. I don't, I'm not a fan of wrestling. So I don't know is, I mean, is there ever really a good time to be a fan of anything? A fan means you're a fanatic, you know? So if you're living and dying by, you know, putting your hopes in, you know, the, the John Moxley's of the world or the Cody Rhodes or the Darby Allen's or the Rich Swans, I mean, the Tommy Dreamers, I mean, that's a, that's a wagon you're hitching your happiness to that you have no control over. So uh, I don't know. Is it a good time to be a wrestling fan? I'm glad I'm not one. That's all I'll say. I think that's a great way to end things. He's not a wrestling fan. I'm a fan of you though. And the Ferris wheel. I can't wait to go on that Ferris wheel. Let's do that. Socially distanced Ferris wheel. Oh, there's that. Yes. Don, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. It's been very enjoyable. 
No, this has been enlightening. Thank you. Okay. All right. There we go. Don Callis has a lot to say. And as you may have noticed, it's it's hard to tell where Don Callis, the character, ends and where Don Callis, the person, begins. The lines are very blurred here. I like it. I like it. And I like that over the last month, we've had some huge surprises that we could have never predicted. Kenny Omega showing up on Impact Wrestling, the Good Brothers showing up on Dynamite, and I, I think Don was right when he said this is just the beginning. And this is just the beginning for the podcast as well. So please take a moment today to subscribe wherever you listen. And seriously, if you could leave a review, that'd be so, so helpful as the show continues to grow and it's going to get so, so much bigger over the next few weeks. Uh, You'll see. You'll see the new name in the next few weeks here. As former U.S. Defense Secretary Colin Powell once said, a dream does not become a reality through magic. It takes sweat, determination, and hard work. Sweat determination, and hard work. I like that. Be great. Be grateful, my friends. We'll see you on the next one for some more insight. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine. Stop noticing. But you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready our foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.